Hey folks, I wanted to jump on here real quick before that new episode uh, starts or before you start uh, downloading. Anyways, I want to tell each and everybody out there, you know, a big heartfelt thanks for coming on each and every day, downloading and listening, and your next episode starts right now, so sit back, relax, and turn it up. In a world between right and wrong, there is only one man. Wait, 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 cut. We're doing a podcast intro, not another movie trailer. Tom, deep voice, good, good. A little more up-tempo, okay? And from the top. <clears throat> Broadcasting from high atop downtown anywhere and heard around the world. From garage to garage, shop to shop, and all across the plains of Texas, we are telling your stories, America's hot rod stories, one hot rod at a time. You're listening to the best hot rod podcast here on the planet. This is Gears, Grease, and Gasoline. So buckle up, my friends, and hold on, because your next episode starts right now. Three. Greg Jennings, G-R-E-G, J-E-N-N-I-N-G-S. Where does your uh, passion and love for cars come from? Came from, uh, it stemmed from just toys as a kid to riding on the tractor to, you know, watching my grandfather and my father tinker away on, on stuff. Uh, I think I took it, def- I took it definitely to the next level. I mean, they knew how to change a carburetor, change an intake manifold. In fact, my first serious mechanical job was done. My father bought a 66 Mustang when I was 12. And uh, I remember we were going to the toy store to get me a RC car. And he started it up, letting it warm up. And I said, Dad, it's glowing from under the hood. His car's on fire. Well, old two, original Fomoco two barrel had carbon buildup in it and it caught on fire. So my a couple weeks later, my dad bought a Edelbrock intake and a Holly four barrel carburetor. And he says, oh, I gotta go to the auto parts store to grab some more stuff. I said, okay. In the meantime, I already grabbed the wrenches figured it out. I was literally, because I was 12, I'm not very big now, but I was 12, teetering over the core support, getting his cast iron intake manifold off all by myself. My dad comes home, he was like, you already have all that off? How'd you do that? I was like, I don't know, I just looked at it. That bolt seems, that, that seemed to be holding it, that seemed to be holding it, and I just figured it out. And so it just has grown from there, just organically. I, it just, by leaps and bounds, and I can't believe I built these cars. I still am amazed every time I look back. Do you have a uh, man cave? And if so, what garage do you have in there? Uh, my garages, uh, we built this house specifically for the extra driveway space in the garages because my I was working out of an apartment before our first house and I had to rent extra garages uh, in the apartment complex. And then our other house just had a two car garage, but we bought it because it had two very tall, I had a very tall ceiling, so I could put my lift in. And then we just outgrew it immediately. For Sadly, we have this house, but I don't need the house. I need more space. We're actually looking at moving. So yeah, you know, I've got the 66 Mustang. I've got the 69 Camaro, which everybody knows. Um, and then of course the little Mercedes, that's actually probably my favorite one of them all. Is that any of your cars, uh, frame off restoration? Two of them, the, the Camaro and the Mustang. And then the Jeep will be. And how long, how long did they take to build each one? So the Camaro, 
I, Camaro was sent off to paint. I, that's the only thing I don't do is paint. I will eventually. I can paint, but when it comes to building a car like these, I outsource that. That's the only one thing I outsource. So once I had the Camaro back from paint, it was nine months from start to finish, uh, from the time I started and finished it. The Mustang here will be done in the next, I would say, two to three weeks, and it's strictly just because of budget right now. Um, which we discussed earlier, uh, that will be about four months from a bare shell to complete running car. You can tell our uh, readers something that we don't know about you. Believe it or not, people meet me at car shows. Uh, people don't know I'm actually a really incredibly shy person, but being in sales, I've had to naturally overcome it. <laughs> so, you know, and, and it's just something that, uh, you know, some some people think you know sometimes I'm a little awkward, but then some people are like oh yeah, and finally after you talk to me a couple times it clicks, and just because the awkwardness is gone for me, and I don't know I don't know if I want that in the magazine, but um, I don't yeah put that in there yeah, yeah. no yeah no not that but uh, let me say what else that's a hard one to think about um, any any hobbies and oh gosh I got too or? many hobbies I everybody I hunt I give them I mean, a good story on a build. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, Something there's a lot though throughout the years. I think one of the cars that taught me the most, really, uh, as far as that, was I, when I was in the Army, I had this little 93 Mustang GT. You know, it was back in the late 90s, and I abused the ever living hell out of it, blew it up, and then I really started to hone my skill because I couldn't afford to send it to a mechanic. And that's that, that's how I got into all this. Is I guess that's something that people don't know is that I'm self-taught. Uh, everything I know and everything I've built and everything I've done, I just figured it out by myself. I've had a little bit of guidance, so I guess that could be the answer to that question. I've had a little bit of guidance, but I'm really self-taught. Is there like anybody else that share your passion with you? Quite a few others. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us. He, he was killed in a motorcycle accident, but um, I think one of the people that really taught me how to uh, hone my uh, thought, my methodology, uh, was a guy named Craig Schroeder. He owned uh, Schroeder's Auto Sound in Waco, Texas. And uh, I worked for him in college. I put myself to college and worked full-time for him, went to school full-time. Uh, I was a car sharing installer. And uh, his way of thinking and the way of doing things was so logical um, and it made perfect sense. And, you know, I'd been doing it, but he had really changed the way I did it and, and, and helped me to realize that there's a certain way of, of, of order of operations and he really helped me with that kind of stuff and i wish he was still here uh to see i think i'd have made him proud his wife and i still are and i still talk and she goes you've come a long way in, in what you in your passion and what you've done and craig would be insanely proud of you and that that's i think about him and my father who's no longer with us either on every build because you're in dead into building cars also he wasn't really in the building them he could he could turn a ranch he grew up on a farm so he could turn a ranch and you know, so he could scratch the surface on a lot of things, but that's what I mentioned earlier is I really took it to the next step up. And my grandfathers were both the same, and so it comes naturally, I think, but I really just took that passion and excelled with it and just ran with it. That's good. Do you build, build cars for uh, people or just yourself or have you? Right now, uh, I will. I haven't built full cars. Yes, absolutely. So I've actually... Uh, just talked to my old neighbor who's an attorney, and he's going to form that LLC for me. I've got all my documents from the state of Texas because I'm a veteran, so I get a lot of fees waived. And, and literally this month, in, in the process of forming the LLC, it's named. Uh, so most of the documents are filled out. And like I said, i got to get that lawyer figured the rest out. What are you, you doing that business? So I am going to actually, my goal, 
baby steps. Uh, my business plan is, you know, obviously doing maintenance, and I do maintenance and modifications for people right now. In fact, I've got a '69 Mustang coming over later today. Uh, I've got a neighbor who's got a Cadillac CTSV. I've done his cam swaps and supercharger swap um, on a fairly new V. Um, I'm pretty proud of that. He mentions it a lot. Plugs me a bunch. You know, he gives so me a lot of business. You're, you're somebody. We need to. Keep up the date and the. That would be cool. Yeah, no, that would be really cool because, you know, I'm not. My, my ultimate goal is to leave corporate world. Okay. And go out on my own and make engineer muscle cars a real viable business uh, that I can actually make money on instead of just pouring money into. Yeah. yeah. I'd like, you know, for obviously your small business owner, the first few years suck, you know, and, you know, hopefully they don't, but I'm. I'm Kind of anticipating that, but if it takes off, it takes off. I got a lot of competition out in the world. But that's fine. You know, there's plenty of people in our hobby that are just chomping at the bit for somebody to work on their stuff. Before our uh, first issue came out, we're paid for it already. That is awesome. That is awesome. I mean, one good thing is I'm paid for. We'll go out to the garage, and, and I know it's crammed full of shit. In fact, I spent three days cleaning. Ugh. But it, it's a full working garage lift. I mean, I've got ever almost. I'd say I got ninety percent of the tools of what all the big guys have in that little garage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, where did you grow up at? Little town called Humble, Texas, on the north side of Houston. Can you spell that? H U M B L E. What's the first first car you had back in high school? '66 Mustang. Did you work on it? You... That was the one my dad bought when I was twelve, and that became mine when I was sixteen. So funny story though. My brother's three years older than I am. And I worked on this car. My brother doesn't know how to turn a wrench. So when he turned 16, he got the car. Although I did all the work. I did the interior. Uh, I did the engine work on it, which was just, truthfully, all it was was lashing valves, uh, setting the points, you know, redoing points, uh, putting the intake carb on. At that point, that was that was all it needed. Um, I put new relief springs on it. And I did the, Like I said, I did the interior. I redid the carpet. I, I put the seats in it. Um, Put the radio in it, and that's I did all that from 10, 12 to uh, fourteen. So when I was sixteen, my dad had bought a convertible uh, Mustang GT, and uh, probably two years old. And he says, "All right, it's your sixteenth birthday." He bought this and says, "You get your choice. What do you want? Do you want this fairly new, this two-year-old convertible Mustang GT, little 5.0, you know? Back in that, that's what you wanted. Everybody wanted those in high school in the nineties. What um, do you want the sixty-six Mustang without even?" Batting an eyelash, I, I said, before you can finish this sentence, I said the 66 Mustang. I'd worked on it, you know, and that, that was, it was a beautiful car. Um, and we had repainted it, and, and that, that was it. That was that was what I wanted. And that, and that was, and it was, high, it was my high school color. It was a super dark purple. Our high school colors were purple, so it was a really, really dark purple uh, metallic. It was gorgeous. And so that, that, I mean, I've just been into classics ever since. Do you uh, lo- love about the Texas thing? Three words: pride, economy, and food. I don't know that. Is there any other cars you would uh, like to build, and why? My very next build, and people know, my very next build is going to be a 1955 Chevy Pro Touring, uh, 454 big block, uh, turbo 400 with twin turbos, low boost, mostly for show. I've already got the color scheme picked out. Um, it's going to be a showstopper. It's going Remember, to make... And think about doing one for SEMA. That's 
another dream of mine. My first dream would be to get in a magazine. Ever since I was a kid, I'd, I'd pick up magazines and I'd see these guys with their cars and they built them. And I'm like, holy crap, those, those are my heroes. I don't know this guy. And he just did it. But that's, that, that is ultimate for me. I, that's my there's dream. There's somebody out there thinking that exact same thing when you're in there. I know. I know. And, and that's the funny thing is this. I hope I don't know. I'm trying to diverge too much. But oh, no, no. When, when I was a kid, my dad would take me to a car show. And he had to limit them because I'd get so excited. <laughs> but... You know, it was that thing that 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 car. Something clicked, and it made me want to do it. And I've, I'm so. That's what makes me go to car shows. That it's not the fact that I care to win an award anymore. It's the fact that if there's a if there's somebody that there's that what I've done has made a spark in them. That's what really helps me. That's what goes to my heart. Is if I see somebody and I see a kid or even an adult go, man, I could do that too. Hell yeah, you can. You know, I'm in sales. I, I, I'm not a mechanic, but I, I, I just figured out how to build them. Anyone can do it. You have a uh, speeding ticket story. Oh yeah, I've got a lot of them. You don't know speed, dude. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm the best radar detectors out there. So but, uh, there's a lot of these. So um, yeah, I, I, I guess uh, I'm trying to think of the best one. So I guess my, my there's a few, but I'll tell this one. When I was in the army, I was uh, had that supercharged little 5.0 Mustang, and I was uh, Fort Sill, Oklahoma, and I was going out the north side gate, going up to see my girlfriend, and I didn't realize that uh, there was a uh, MP softball tournament going on, and the uh, between my barracks and the softball fields was maybe half a mile. Well. I just went ahead and lit it right on up for a quarter mile past the softball fields because it was just a Saturday and I didn't think anything of it. Well, two MPs that were just watching were on duties, jumped in their squad car and, and started chasing me, and I didn't have a clue because I was booking. Um, and I was on the backside of post, and when you're on the backside of post, it's an artillery post, which means there's a lot of nothing. Straight road with hills, and I was just hauling, and I got up to probably 120, 130 at one point, and I was booking, and I see some lights behind me, I was like, oh, I better slow down for the radar. So I slowed down, and I am maybe a half mile from the exit gate, and at this time, the gates were unmanned, so there were no checkpoints, you just came and go, as you please. And I see the lights, and they're getting closer, and I was like, oh, crap, they're after me. And so, I, uh, I pull over, and, uh, literally a half mile from the gate and uh, they come up and they were guns a blazing quite literally dragged me out of my car slammed me on the ground and I still had gravel in my hand from that day and that was 1997 and uh, they arrested me threw me in the back of the cop car and all the charges actually ended up getting dismissed because they had physically what they had done it was just they had done improper procedure so it all ended up getting dismissed and but yeah, so I got thrown on the ground, bloody in cuffs from from that, and uh, <laughs> didn't know they were ch- had zero clue they were chasing me because I was going so fast. What's the what's the longest uh, trip you took in any of your uh, builds? Longest trip in any of the builds? Um, I don't know. Um, I'd probably have to say going down to Waco for. Uh, there's, there's the second annual we did it two years in a row. Uh, went down to Waco for uh, um, oh, small town throwdown. That's the name of it. You can uh, tell West. Us, I'm sorry, not Waco, West Texas. Correct you can uh, tell us a little about building uh, the Camaro. So 
that's actually my wife's car. Most people don't know that. Everybody thinks it's mine. Angela's smart. She doesn't like getting out in the heat of these car shows, so I can't blame her. They get hot. Um, and so it was. It was my. I started that car second. The Mustang's not even done. I started the Mustang first, uh, which means I procured the Mustang and it sat for more time. But um, as I, I feel a little bit bad that I grew up a Ford Mustang guy, but once I started on that Camaro, it really made me a GM guy <laughs> more so than a Ford guy. Um, but I like both. I'm a, I'm a car guy. I like any brand. I don't care what it is. I, I if it if it speaks to me, I like it. So. That's uh, what was the question again? I've diverged so far off. Um, uh, I'm ADD if you can't tell. Tell us about it, building the. Okay. So we had been looking, we had started shopping for Camaros all over because that's what she wanted. She was dead set on a 69 Camaro RS. I said, okay. So we started shopping and we found this one um, in New Boston, Texas, almost Texarkana, and on Craigslist. And we had been shopping everywhere and we had missed three or four cars because I mean, they were just 69 Camaros just go as soon as they're listed they're pretty much gone so this guy had this one listed up and she was working in Weatherford that day and drove all the way to New Boston she had just found it she was on her phone found it called within 10 minutes of it being listed she says I'm on my way right now he goes well I've got other people coming she goes I'm literally in route I'm dropping everything I'm doing I'm done with my work I'm heading your way so she didn't get back here till 10 30 at night back home she goes this car's cool it's really cool I said is it what you want she goes absolutely I said okay I asked for some more pictures of it got the pictures of it um, hooked up the trailer and uh, went out that very next morning and paid the man and drug it home. And that was just a bare shell, but he goes, man, I got all these extra parts. So we loaded the, uh, the truck with inside now, the whole inside the car with a bunch of spare parts. Most I used, a lot of them I didn't. Um, and then it just started, I just was looking at it, it was like, this is a bare shell, I've never built a car. I'm like, what? Hey, Texas, you've been waiting long enough. Are you a car guy or car girl that's tired of not getting the credit you deserve on a project or build? Do you have the next cool story or cool build? If so, you need to get the magazine Texas is talking about. You need to get yourself a copy of Busted Knuckle Rod and Truck Magazine for the small guy. Because we are the small guy. Sign up today over at BustedKnuckleMagazine.com and we will see you in the magazine. Busted Knuckle Rod and Truck Magazine is a copyright and trademark of the RPE Group LLC all rights reserved 2018 what am i doing what where do i even start so i did it ass backwards we set it up for paint and body i was like well, don't want to do that again i've learned my lessons and then i built the car so it's harder to build them when they're shiny you've got to be really really careful there's a couple nicks on there we screwing up but i guess the first order of operations i did on that thing was i just went it needs wiring so i thought the easiest part to wire is the tail lights that's the end of the road so i'll start at the Passenger rear tail light, and I wire, you know, and I'm, I'm weird, obviously, being a car audio guy before. All the wires are so very hidden in that car, and that's one of the things I thought when Craig, Craig, if Craig was there, how would he have me do it? And that was my methodology, is, is I just went through and hit all the wiring. And, and luckily, I did a, uh, uh, got to give credit to American Auto Wire for the chassis harness and painless auto, uh, painless wiring for the engine harness, but it's extended, so you, I was able to hide them and loom them the way I wanted, and that, I started that. And then 
next thing you know, I was like, well, I'm tired of sitting on this metal floor, so I put all the dynamat in it, and then uh, put the headliner in. I was like, well, now I can start somewhat doing the interior, so I was like, all right, I'm tired of this metal floor, so I put the carpet in, and then I laid on the carpet at least, and I did all the wiring. I was like, oh, look, the gauges work, you know, it was next thing you know, so it was little steps, and I was like, okay, and it just kept snowballing from there and there, you know, and then I brought home a car for the motor and stripped that car down, rebuilt the whole motor by hand uh, in the garage, I was at the other house. Um, and then one day I put the motor in here, uh, a couple days before Thanksgiving, and it just it just started snowballing and things started to come together somehow. I was going to ask this card, but I think you kind of clarified it. Okay. But it says, uh, what's the biggest no-no when it comes to building a car? And you said, don't, don't paint do whatever. For, you know, no, no. And all the professionals mock up, but you know, I'm not, I'm... As I tell people, I'm just a schmuck trying to figure this out, and that's really what it is. Is it's trial and error uh, on some of this stuff. Um, you know, I should have mocked up everything first, but I didn't have the money at the time. I didn't have enough money for the parts. But we had a buddy that needed money, so the paint job was affordable at the time. So it just made sense to get the car done, uh, get painted, because it was he could finish it right before Christmas. So he got his cash right before Christmas. He did it as a side job. He works at a dealership. His name's Barry Stanley, and it's just fine for me to say this, actually. Barry Stanley, and he works at James Wood uh, Chevrolet in Decatur, Texas, and that's where it was painted, is at James Wood Chevrolet in Decatur. So they were very kind to allow him to use their booth cool. for a side job. If you can go back in uh, time and build or buy any car, what would it be and why? If I could buy any car? Build or buy any car? Yeah, I could give you two answers. My dream car has always been a red Ferrari Testarossa. I mean, that was a dream car when we were kids, you know? And that, that, was, that was, that, I would love Thank to own you. one. I had the poster on my wall. I had the poster, man. I had the poster, I had the ZR1 poster, I had the Porsche Whale Tail. I mean, you yeah. name it. Yeah. I had those. So I would love to buy one of those. And that's an ultimate goal. Is I will own a Ferrari one day. It won't be a new one. It's yeah. going to be one that I could, I, I'm going to have to work on to afford it type of Ferrari. And I'm not afraid to work on one. I, I figured this all out. I could figure that out too, you know. But there's my car list. My my want list is so long, it's, I can't even tell you. I mean, I could make you a list, but, you know, a 70s C10 is on the list. A 1970s Chevelle SS is definitely on the list. 55 Chevy's on the list. DeLorean's on the list. Remember the uh, Ferrari that... I think a uh, gas monkey bought all wrecked. Yeah. They tried to repair it. Yeah. My buddy repaired the frame. Oh, he did? At uh, uh, what, Stewart's? Uh... Yeah. I don't know where it was, but his equipment mm-hmm. that he sells to body shops and all yeah. for striking, yeah. they used his stuff oh, to cool. that frame. And I'm like, that right there's a story. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, did you say your all-time favorite car or truck? All-time favorite, 55 Chevy. So, you do most of the work on your building yourself right now? I am, yes. And I feel bad because I've got very talented friends, but no one touches my stuff except for me. There's one other person, and you probably should interview him for the magazine, that is allowed to touch my stuff, should I need it. And he's put the front end on the car. If it's shiny, I'm going to screw it up. But Ron Hamlet, and he used to be the... Uh, one of the head guys over at Advantage Auto Works, and he's out on his own oh, now. Okay. Um, so Ron is insanely knowledgeable, and he's got his own. He he moved just to have a huge shop. So he's, yeah. 
Now, what, what is your uh, main profession and how many car shows do you think you attend per year? My profession is uh, in capital equipment sales. So I sell equipment that goes into bolt material and handling. How long have you been doing that for? Uh, six years. Yeah, I got into that. I like it. I like it. I was in the automotive field ever since before that. So, you know, my long, long story as far as this is, you know, I was in the military. Uh, got out with college to go back in as an officer. 9-11 happened. So that took the wind out of the sails for the military on that part of it. Uh, so I was pretty much unemployed, essentially. So I went into Don Davis. I bought a brand new Toyota pickup truck. Went into Don Davis Nice or Toyota in order to get a oil change and left with the job. Became a car salesman, said this sucks. Became a service advisor. Like that, then the parts manager named Mike Servant, one of my best friends, Mike Servant says he can sell, he knows his cars. I want him in a parts department. May I have him? And they asked me to come over to parts. And so I spent many years, all the way up till 08, in the parts departments. And then I worked for, after that, I worked for Pet Boys. Uh, I was a regional sales guy for Pet Boys, selling capital equipment and parts. So cars and engineering. Like I do now, I work in the engineering field, uh, more of my, uh, process engineering and building factories for food and pharmaceutical and all these kind of things. Uh, that's what I, so that mechanical mindset has always been part of my job every single day, and that's why I like what I do now. Then, can uh, uh, just give us a detail with your specs on the Camaro? Yeah, it's a uh, 1969. Make it a little. Yeah, so yeah, 1969 Camaro RS. It was originally a green car with a tan Landau parchment Landau top with a green and deluxe interior, but that's all we could decode on it. Uh, it was a V8, obviously, uh, but we don't know what V8. So we had a blank canvas. So we just did what we wanted. So uh, it's an LS6 motor um, that I hand built uh, with all the stock internals and stock heads. Um, put a Texas Speed 228 Arcan in it uh, with long tube headers. Uh, it originally made 381 horsepower at the wheels, and that wasn't enough. So now it makes 675 horsepower at the crank. Uh, with a put a Cadillac CTSV supercharger on it, which makes 550 horsepower and 553 pounds foot of torque at the wheels. Now um, it's got a TCI subframe under the front with their. Uh, TCI uh, four-link rear and the TCI um, um, subframe connectors. So it's four-link rear with a Mosier nine-inch uh, rear end, Rick's tank, stainless steel tank, um, Willwood brakes on all four corners, uh, coilovers on all four corners, um, TMI head interior for the most part, uh, Dakota digital gauges, um, stock ECU out of the uh, uh, LS for the LS6. Um, I think what else? What's the uh, name of the uh, paint? Uh, it's Hugger Orange. Yeah, it's Factory Hugger Orange for '69. Whose idea was it to paint it orange? Angela's. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's her car. car. I was trying to convince her to do uh, when I do my. 70 Chevelle is going to be black with the white racing stripes, the old skunk. That's what it's going to be. And I was like, that's what this Camaro needs to be. And she's like, absolutely not. <laughs> it's going to be hugger orange. I was like, eh, okay. I looked at a few. I was like, I can dig it. And now I'm really glad she got her way. Would you ever uh, want to do a build with uh, somebody famous, like a famous car builder? 
sure. I mean, uh, yeah, cheers. If I had the chance, I most certainly would. Chip Foose is uh, Chip Foose is one of my heroes, and also, um, oh, I can't think of his name all of a sudden. Um, he's out in Utah. What's his dang name? Uh, oh, Bitch and Rides. Bitch and Rides. Um, um, hey, yeah. Oh my gosh, I, you know who I'm talking about. But Dick the, Kindig. Dave Kindig, thank you. So Chip Foose and Dave Kindig. Are, they do some awesome. They're two of my heroes because they really think like I do. They put a lot of thought into it, kind of like the old carpenters thing. You measure twice, cut once type of thought process, and and they can rethink. That's since the the engineered uh, muscle cars. It's 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 taking that car, classic car, muscle car, even a new car, and it's taking that thing and kind of re-engineering it. So when I built the Camaro, I thought, okay, I'm building this car, and it's completely different from what it came as. But I'm re-engineering it as if an engineer today wanted to build this car. How would he do it? The methodology, the way, the way things are wired, where it's placed. So when I wired that car, everything's still modular. You can unplug, just like even though I did it all custom, you can still unplug everything in that car. You can go behind me and figure it out. It's not a rat's nest. It's very organized and laid out on everything I do. And that's why I admire those guys, because they do the much of the same. Thank you for sitting down with us. I want to see you in the magazine. It's awesome. Hey folks, you just heard another awesome, awesome interview podcast here on Gears, Grease, and Gasoline. Remember, each and every Monday at 5 o'clock Texas time, right here, we take and we drop a brand new episode. So anyways, I need to pay some bills, say some shout outs, and uh, kudos, and thank yous. First and foremost, I want to give a big shout out to uh, Turnkey Print and Embroidery located down there in awesome uh, Joshua. Next, I want to give a big shout out to uh, Matt over at yesterday's uh, diner right down there in uh, Bridgeport. And then I want to give a big, big shout out to Image360 Graphics. Uh, my buddy uh, Scott over there at you know the print house in San Antonio Texas we have more info for you know everybody that advertises right here on the podcast in the description so when you click on that episode you want to listen to you look right there in the description um, the directions, all that stuff, you know, about the podcast, it tells you a little more about, you know, the people and the companies out there advertising uh, with us. So we have their their phone numbers, their email, their websites, you know, all that stuff. So anyways, uh, check them out. If it wasn't uh, because of them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do Come to your small town, your small shops, and do these awesome, awesome, you know, little uh, podcast interviews with, you know, all you guys and gals out there spreading the love all over, you know, pretty much all over the uh, world. So, um, anyways, uh, go check out our magazine issue number 29. 
is ready to pop, ready to uh, come out uh, later on tonight. So, anyways, that's over at www.bustedknucklemagazine.com. www.bustedknucklemagazine.com. Go over there and uh, check that out. And uh, we put up a brand new uh, website. So, it it is still not uh, working yet where you can order stuff go ahead and email me directly at texasrich at bustedknucklemagazine.com once more that's texasrich at bustedknucklemagazine.com we have a lot more interviews a lot more podcast episodes uh, to come so remember, each and every Monday at 5 o'clock here at Texas time, we take and we drop a brand new episode. So uh, get it, got it, and download it. We'll see you guys soon. We love you, Texas. We love you beyond. Take care.